0: Hi, I'm Sandy Gardner, and you're listening to Late Night Vacuum. Welcome to the Late Night Vacuum. And we are back with yet another episode of Late Night Vacuum. I am Grockies, and as always, I'm joined by the other host of this show, Dublar Thackeray. Hello, everybody. I hope you're well. You actually spoke pretty well, considering that that was a mouthful of gin. Yeah, it's amazing what you can do if you practice. <laughs> oh. oh, that is so refreshing. That was foamy and um, white, though, that was dribbling down your chin there a little bit. <laughs>
1: Oh, so many openings.
0: Um, so, I hope
1: everybody is well. How are you, you beautiful people? And how are you, Grackies? I'm doing quite well. Yourself? <laughs> well, apart from um, some wetness on my chin, I'm doing quite okay today. Um, shall we harmonize, sir? On the count of three one, two, three.
0: Take on. Mm-hmm. on, I got it backwards. Oh well, we're harmonized. Yeah, that works. Um, <laughs> okay,
1: so so devoted to Mercury has just come back with um, a pre-stream question that we had about uh, what hair color we should have. Yes, um, yes, yeah, so, yeah, Starcycle. We have entered the world of fail. We should let's let's reharmonize. Is it take uh, on,
0: it's take on me, isn't it? Take
1: me on, take on me.
0: I thought it was take on me and then take me on was later.
1: I don't know anymore. Okay. I can't how, remember
0: now to do the harmonize. Okay. Um, you've lost that loving feeling. I don't remember that. Oh God, I'm blanking on music now. Okay. How about, uh, uh, uh Sesame Street the
1: one, two, three song with a
0: pinball 1 not that one Yeah okay count
1: 3
0: 1 2 We got it towards the end there <laughs> It's it's so uh, hard to do it in perfect sync with the volume turned ooh. off and a delay <laughs>
1: Yeah, because we are, we are actually working with a, a little bit of delay. So if I kind of clap now, uh, Gracky's, you hear that in a couple of minutes. So, um, Devoted to Mercury says, for me, my hair should, uh, his hair should, uh, should be blue. Dubla's hair should be green. That would be interesting. Gracky's should be red, white, and blue stripes, which is kind of odd, Gracky, because I never knew you were from the UK um uh, i'd be okay was... with
0: that i don't want to show american flag colors right now because that might oh. get me associated with groups i don't want to be associated with
1: well this is this is the kind of funky one because it's like um Britons and con is happening um this weekend and i was at it last year and the Britain's con carrier union jack flag as part of their design logo and i'll very happily wear a Britain's con t-shirt yet yeah, at the same time i won't wear it into the office because i'll be going.
0: a yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: just one of those things so you
0: yeah yeah it's the same thing it's like i i love i love my country don't love everything that is associated with because it's divisive at times and and i'm trying to not have people think about that when i'm streaming
1: yeah we have we have officially uh, broken the brain-blood barrier and we have let uh, the pre-show um, bleed into uh, the live show. So we shall move on. Um, so Grakis, what have you been up to this week? What have you been playing?
0: Uh, honestly, I haven't played too, too much, but I played some Overwatch. And then I spent some time in Star Citizen on my own time, not during streaming, but I went into Star Citizen. And I looked at the silhouettes of ships at certain angles and distances with the the camera. And then also damage states and different weapons and how they look loaded out on different ships specifically. Yeah, specifically for the 29th. Yeah. So to recap, can you say again what the 29th is? April 29th, so in one week on Saturday, essentially. Uh, won't be doing bad rolls that weekend because I am going to be a part of sc4. SC4 is a essentially esports competitive star citizen tournament. It is 2v2, and I am going to be one of the announcers the casters on that. So I want to make sure that I am up to speed, at least on being able to call out the right information on ships and trying Motions. to do so rapidly. I'm gonna hopefully after the meetings that we have coming up in just a couple of days, get everyone on, on the same page hopefully we can get some practice matches in to do esports casting type calls because I I do have experience with it. I can talk the match quick without going overboard make the right call outs and balance. It's just, there, there is some back and forth and practice that is involved with casters doing that. Can it, you, is, a skill. is there any
1: hope that you can make some shit up? So like, for example, when people do maneuvers, you can give them really weird names. Like, I, I uh, yeah. So pilot X has done an amazing reverse cowgirl
0: oh um you know Dupler thackeray they're doing an amazing twisting weasel getting the shots off over onto WakaPedia. oh WakaPedia just lost his right wing and guns included and he is down
1: yes he's on a paloma faithful um it would be, yeah so that would be beyond lovely so i look forward to that so you'll be you'll be broadcasting and sending out links and whatnot when that's kind of going on i would say
0: uh yeah we, we will have links going out make sure you're watching my twitter okay wakipedia is going not my wing Oh, <laughs> um
1: so uh apart from that anything else gaming wise
0: uh no just overwatch and uh and getting ready for esports it's something i've always wanted to do like i have yeah. always wanted to do this and i just killed waka off in an imaginary dogfight there which is it wouldn't have gone that well for dublar being the pilot he is but you know I needed an no, example.
1: I, yeah, I mean, to be honest, to, uh, as a pilot, I don't even know if I can class myself as a pilot, more like an asteroid hunter. Um, <laughs> You'll be but, great yeah. at
0: mining. <laughs>
1: Unintentional well, I'll, mining. <laughs> I'll, be, yeah, I'll be great at prospecting. Yes, Look,
0: that, that's it.
1: A- you know, I fired an emergency charge to reveal the minerals, and the emergency <laughs> charge was my ship. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, uh, for myself, I've actually, I had so many plans. I uh, basically took this entire week off to do a bit of rest and recharge. I was going to play a whole ton of games, picked up Thimbleweed Park, which was um, a very much a Secret of Monkey Island style game I wanted to play. And the the thing that kind of fucked me up is I... I finished Mass Effect again to uh, completion, but this time pretty much close to 100% everything. And I finished around 5.30 in the morning, playing two nights of it to around that time. And suddenly I became Batman. Um, I My sleep pattern is completely broken. So you're so... a billionaire now? <sighs> no.
0: Um, yeah, but you have so, to sacrifice something for those billions of dollars.
1: The The only things that are important to me uh, that would be worth that sacrifice would be the friendships I have. And I wouldn't give those up for the world. So um, I am so
0: dead if he gets offered a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, you are going
1: down. Uh, but to be honest, if that did happen, I would make sure we videoed it so I could always relive those moments. Um, and, uh, yeah, so okay I've not, that. so would I, um, <laughs> so I've not really been doing much in the way of gaming. I have been working on the secret project. Um, so, uh, project fluffy uh, Bunnies. uh, project fluffy bunny. You remembered. Oh, sweetness. Um, cause that's uh, what my folder is named. <laughs> nice. Uh, citizen Ryuken is going um again i haven't even finished my playthrough after almost 70 hours played yeah tell me about it um i i was on a very compressed timeline to uh complete the game the first time around so i wanted to go back and uh uh, do it again from the top and so that's exactly what i did um uh devote to mercury says i've been playing battle brothers and of course a little bit of seven d2d and seven days to die thank you i didn't know that uh i was thinking this is a weird astromech droid um so what's battle brothers i don't know um Devoted, feel free to um throw in a couple of words and let us know what it is just for our our knowledge and yes we're getting a fluffy obey question mark from devoted we shall we shall be quiet on on that um so there's been um quite a good week in star citizen land um uh <laughs> that are some really good things and some uh things worth discussing yes. um yeah so this has been a week i've been looking forward to for quite a while because we're in banu territory this hereby banu territory sean um but before we get there i want to hear your thoughts on one of the first things they showed in this week's atv and
0: uh which thing would that be the canyon Oh God, Beggars Canyon. Yes. Yeah. Um. I believe it was Delmar. Um. De- Delmar. I can never remember uh, the name of the
1: moons. Those, those. Those two. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Wikipedia is really going. Mm. Um. Yeah. So, do you want to kind of give us an overview as to what was shown?
0: basically what they showed was a, a quick rundown to one of the moons that has been worked on uh, part of the testing process on it and part of that is flying down to the moon through the atmosphere and because this thing has atmosphere you could see the light scattering over it and what they did was they went to one of the canyons while in a gladius and proceeded to fly the canyon and everyone's going beggars canyon because immediately yeah. that's what you think of when you think of flying through a canyon like that is one of two things depending on how old you are it's either <laughs> one and this is the, the like 99 percent most common star wars trench run which really brings up the phrase just like beggars canyon back home so mm-hmm. you, you've got that or two and th- this is something i saw someone say independence day the original because there's that whole sequence where they're flying through the Grand Canyon, the alien ships on your tail. So that one popped up a couple of times, but it 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 inv- it invokes that moment in science fiction fighter flying that everyone really thinks of is those close canyon runs where someone could be on your tail and you're you're piloting at your at your absolute top skill really trying to time after burner hits so you don't hit a wall, but you can get the most speed out of it. You know people are going to do speed runs of those canyons. They're going to put a ship at the start, a ship at the end of it, and then maybe someone above to see if they come out of the canyon disqualify. But people will try to do, like, races through those canyons. It That is I mean, going to be something else. It was beautiful. That that was a scene in... in atv to watch and that's going to be something that i cannot wait to do
1: i got so excited (laughs) when i saw that um i mean there was a mixture because there, there were so many things going through my head which is it didn't look like a particularly deep canyon um but equally uh watching the ship maneuver as a gladius through that canyon was something else uh, I was wondering about what their atmospheric effects on the on the Gladius's flight. we really kind of I probably won 't know that until we flight ourselves or they tell us yep. um, but' and given that it 's a moon, I would doubt there would be um, but we'll 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 we will we will we will probably kind of see that as we get to it um, It thought uh, article says I think perspective was a bit strange, and rocks were very samey. um I think this was very much a case of it was a a proof of concept flight, at least not in my to mention mind.
0: it's a moon, and it's one of the yeah. early versions of the planets we'll get. So
1: yeah, so what we what we get here, I would just based on the the fact, as you say, it is a moon. We're going to have a certain kind of quality of definition, but it's just still going to be a moon. It's not going to be as wide and varied as a planet. Oh, a Uber nerd who I think is now living up to the name very much is they already said that daymar the moon in question has an atmosphere
0: yeah that much is known it it has atmosphere but do they have the atmospheric effects on the flight model in currently i Mm. can't remember if that's finished that that's different if the atmo is affecting flight versus if it even has it so I knew it had yeah. it, it's just, is it affecting how the ship flies yet? I can't remember, because I'd have to look at the schedule again to see if that was an item on the list.
1: Now, um, yeah, Devoted's talking about, in chat about pop-up races, and that's exactly what I think is gonna happen. I can just see uh, dragonflies, maybe a couple of Noxes, who knows, uh, boosting through um, and kind of flying around in there. But I was also thinking, what would it be like to fly through a canyon in a slightly more uncomfortably large ship? (laughs) Because, I mean, uh, we won't have this in-game, but it would be very nice to be able to measure point to point, um, you know, click and click, and get the exact kind of distances between objects, do the rough math, and say, okay, so if it's uh, 100 meters, that means we can have ships of 66 meters wide, with a couple of overtaking spots or like 50 meters wide or 45 meters wide or something like that um and then try to run a canyon through it and it basically becomes the the winner is the one who gets out
0: <laughs> so like starfairs if you can fit him yeah. in there That's, oh god think say, of caterpillar yeah. going through in there because of the oh, length of it and the way it would turn. Oh, my God. Running like a caterpillar through a canyon like that, it would be like the scene in Red October where they're, they're doing the timing almost for the clicks on the blind run. Because you wouldn't be able to see crap in a caterpillar. So yeah. you'd almost have to have someone at the other window going, okay, turn coming up in three seconds, turn now. And you'd have to execute Me. the turn relying on the people around.
1: It's interesting, you made it far more dramatic for me it was pretty much like trying to get a couch down the stairs or in the hallway uh the the the, the in angles would be quite immense um but yeah, that would be something else um so yeah so we, we saw we saw an example of a canyon um so we can guess what will be happening day one of general release everybody's going to be it will literally be take, take walking a canyon, around the planet walking around the planet people find the canyon everybody's oh. racing the canyon it'll be like nothing but explosions hours. it'll be like a little, little bit of blues brothers
0: I, I'm, um, I'm gonna spend 12 and a half days just walking the entire moon to it's an endless loop of I could walk 500 miles. Like, I'm just going to put the very how I met your mother car tape stuck on that one song. I'm just going to do that. That's going to be the stream. It's just going to be that. And I'm going to find a way to stick the W key down so it or yeah. like macro it onto my mouse. So I click a button and it's just held and my guy just walks.
1: Do you know what will be bloody brilliant is if you do that for 12 days and on the last day, you lose your internet connection.
0: Oh, God.
1: But it does actually raise a question about, will uh, will we have oxygen at that point, in terms of uh, our capabilities for how far we can actually travel? We'll, we'll see. Atmosphere and demo. Um, atmosphere and demo. Well, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> the um, uh so uh we also had in ATV we had the Banu. Uh the Banu Banu. I am Banu. I am Banu, we are Banu, we have Banu together, Banu. Um the Banu <laughs> Yeah. Um I been I Banu, you Banu, we banu, they been banu. new, they've been nude. Um Banu Banu Banu, banu. I can't stop singing banu, banu. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, there's a lot of people in chat talking about things they'd love to have in their environment. And I like uh, Uber Nerd's idea of underwater ice cave spelunking on Yella.
0: That should be a thing, actually, I believe. Really? Uh, they're supposed to have the underwater ice caves, I think. Um... So uh, we're getting a couple of questions about
1: um, uh, uh, the Banu uh, in chat. We'll come into that. Um, So we got our first proper kind of summation and overview of uh, Banu culture and uh, in general. We also saw an update into what the Banu actually looked like, which was quite interesting. I'm a little bit mixed on that, but um,
0: go on. I mean, I to be perfectly honest, I kind of like the original design a little better. The mm-hmm. the earlier concepts, because Josh Herman worked on this one, and yeah. I, I think that's his name. Did I get it right? Because yeah. I'm bad with names. Okay. That's okay. For those that don't know and have only heard the name in Periphery or heard it associated with Star Citizen, he is also the guy that con- concepted a lot of Marvel stuff, including including Groot. So, when all the people are mm-hmm. like, hey, that Banu looks kind of similar to Groot. It has Groot-esque stuff to it. Well, yeah, the same artist created both. He, he's he got a style. Yeah. So, you, you'll you see him reuse his own style to it to some mm-hmm. degree. I just think it bent that way a little. Like, the influence might have gone a little too heavy. I like the color scheme. I like that oh, sort yeah. of the, the wet sheen thing that they're going for. Like, mm-hmm. almost like amphibian i would yeah. say yeah it's a bit amphibian it's
1: a, it's a swimming tree um so for me it's a case of i really liked the the wood look um which was for me like a wood a leather wood look i'm not so i don't mind any of the color changes and in fact uh there was some uh, intimation as to why banu would have different colors um which they didn't delve into but it was quite an interesting um uh, you know side topic they started to talk about um i don't like the glistening per se um mm. i think the idea of making something uh wet and glistening and therefore slightly uh rubberized um is something that uh just didn't really appeal to me. I wouldn't have minded something if they did the same kind of approach but they actually uh dried it out. Cause uh for me and this is just, you know, my own kind of uh mini rant is um the banu are historically known to be able to survive particularly rough environments. And one of the things that has never been explicitly said uh, I'm sorry. I'm just reading star sickle in chat. Bad star sickle um, is is that we? I've always assumed that they survive in these environments without the aid of aid of environmental suits. So when you have something that's kind of wet and glistening, I then start to very nerdily think about uh, where does that wet glistening come from? Is natural it natural
0: oils that protect them from harsh environments?
1: Right, in which case, um, when they're in particularly harsh environments, does that speed up?
0: <laughs> so you, you, maybe that's how you can get some really rare massage oils—is you stick a banu into a sauna and harvest?
1: That's basically where I'm going. It's 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 like
0: all natural a, massage oil. Yeah, is
1: is a banu a walking joy factory? Um, <laughs> oh. And And so, because for me, I would have just kind of copped out and gone, look, I'd have made you dry. I'd have made you desert dry. Um, uh, And, uh, you know, uh, a kind of uh, stone ruggedness that would have been, uh, you know, uh, able to survive in these kind of environments. But now they've gone, the the glistening. Uh, Oh, you people are now going to do. Okay, yes, as in is going, the real question is how much does a bottle of Banu oil cost? Uh, devoted. To, we don't know now, but Grakis will do science and find out. Um, yeah. So I think, I think, yeah. So right now, I'm going to be trading in Banu oil. I'm. It's. Oh God, I've gone worse.
0: <laughs> uh, we're um, going to corner the market on Banu
1: oil. Do you think the Banu wear panties?
0: Oh no. <laughs> okay oh. moving on uh, moving on uh, um, tokyo isn't a landing zone yet Tokyo. <laughs> oh shit <laughs> um so uh
1: yeah so from my kind of perspective i really liked um the tweaks and designs that they put onto the banu people not so happy with the oh <laughs> sorry chat um not so not so happy with um the the glistening just because there are some knock on effects in terms of environment. How does that work and I'm going way too deep on that. really loved the um description of the culture and the clothing and how they're very much in the present'm um, yes. <laughs> oh, sorry I'm sorry chat um, uh so the idea that they're <sighs> It's actually quite interesting because their ostentation. Uh, B- Photon Wolf has basically described my entire role within Star Citizen, which is Banu oil harvested and sold in a Banu merchantman harem while being guarded by a Banu defender, pretty much. Yep. Um, so uh, I am failing in this because I'm so sorry. Um, the the idea that as a race and our investigations of the race which is how we perceive them have been made quite difficult because they don't have an understanding culturally of historical record i found fascinating. they just
0: care that something exists the way it is and is useful to them not how it got there
1: yes which is an extremely functional way of thinking which i now as a huge history buff i totally admire history but i also love the sheer functionality of the present just wishing that we'd never forget our own history um to see that and to see how they um design and think of their ships and themselves as being continuously in the present means that they uh are pack people who carry everything they have with them and they show um uh what they've done as a form of uh ostentatious slash storytelling for us it may be ostentatious but for them it's actually storytelling um is a really interesting concept and how they don't actually have they don't actually have art but they're very interested in cultural things Does that then mean that they're appropriating? They don't have
0: art for the sake of art. They instead put that effort into the functional items, merging art and functionality into one thing. Mm. So, for example... If one of them designs a better gun, which then would go out to all Banu because it would be useful as a better gun, that gun would also be made to be beautiful because that's a status thing to them is to have an item of beauty as well as functionality. Mm-hmm. So it would be a merged effort of art and destruction and and defense all into this one object is yeah. how they would do it when they described it. Like when they talked about the defender. Yeah. It's. Oh, it, actually, it, yeah. It was I was going to say,
1: the, the, the way you described that, it sounded like you were describing yourself, Grakis. Art and emerging destruction. Or, and def- uh, art <laughs> and destruction. Um, we'll, we'll talk about the Banu Defender in a segment. Something really interesting um, uh, has come up in chat. Uh, we're talking about relationship with families, but uh, Susan Ryokin uh, talks about selling lower class people into arranged relationships, question mark. Um, and then Stasico says, Well, they have ideas of ownership, but if you may own people, what are children? Um, well, to be honest, I still don't know what children are. I've Googled it and I've even checked on Amazon to see if I could get one to try it out. But um, not at all possible. They're out the of stock. Yeah. Uh, is this the point where I tell you I have the skull of an adult, but the mouth of a small child? I have been, I have been testing. <laughs> um so with with that actually there was one thing they didn't cover in atv which was the notion of slavery slash indentured servitude Um, they
0: touched on the caste system a little bit they touched
1: on the caste system where people have a role for uh you know you know their lives are very specialized yeah but they but they also didn't necessarily go into any of those things with an with a positive or negative just the fact that that exists so we don't really kind of um uh know what that is uh, and how that works for them but i think there's and this is kind of where i'm kind of trying to reconcile my uh instinctual banu love because you know we backed this game early on quite a lot of us and were we kind of picked earth terror we did all these kind of things and as they were getting more flavor we're becoming more aware of some of the potential ramifications of our choices and what those mean and so then you have the choice of do you kind of stay with where you wanted to be and how you wanted to Uh, narrate yourself in the game even though the game isn't out yet but Mm. that kind of ideation versus um do you have a different reaction different change you know like for example uh i don't want to be a pirate uh because i don't want to grief people but piracy is also not griefing if it's done right so would i um through the growth of the mechanics and how things work would i ever want to be a pirate that is always a question that will be open to me um and for one of the things that when i kind of um joined the banu love train which i wish was an actual physical thing um it will be it will be the question of slaves and slavery kind of came up um Mm. because there's intimations that the banu have been associated with that now i don't know about you but uh slavery's bad okay um and uh yeah,
0: yeah, I see you completely agree with me. Um, if, the, we, if it's part of the Banu culture that ingrained, I don't want to start fighting over it and expend it on expend human energy on well, that, as well, long as it doesn't carry over to us. <laughs> Sorry,
1: I'm just reading something about Photon wanting to join a particular train I described. Um, but actually, I want to kind of differentiate here, because I'm talking about slavery in the real world. Um, oh, oh God. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. because so, yeah, when you were saying that, I was like, oh God, we're gonna have talks. Um yeah, so slavery is bad. Um, and then there becomes the question about uh uh a game that it has uh immersion and realism as much as is fantastical realism at its core. How much of uh that can you bring into of realism can you bring into the fantastical realm so we're talking uh, rape assault um you know all these kind of things and that and down to and including slavery now these are extremely contentious um areas and for one i like uh, a full r-rated game but by that i mean a game where you can go full r-rated and you absolutely don't have to. That um things that happen are the consequence of your actions. But except those, for the
0: R-word thing. No, that yeah. that's just no. Like well, don't no, for me.
1: No. For me, an R-rated is, is killing someone in game.
0: Yeah, it was the R-word, the other R word you used. Uh uh rape? Yeah, I,
1: oh no, big time no, big time no yeah. on that. And this is exactly what I'm coming into but there are certain aspects of the game of games and this like becomes like a point around the notion of what is comedy uh, i think comedy should be able to be um uh, talk about anything and everything because it's uh, a look and reflection at our own society and uh, understanding that that can be quite painful because it can be quite cathartic but if you look at uh, gaming um uh, a game unless that game is particularly uh planned and uh, around a very uh touchy subject in a way that is treated very maturely and respectfully and is therefore almost potentially and almost certainly the majority of the underlying game mechanic to make sure it runs right um it's going to have problems um you know the only uh uh game that uh, of late that i can think of that did something right but on a particularly sensitive topic was that dragon cancer um uh it was a, a a father was losing his son to um cancer and uh created a computer game about the experience um very very uh painful to play um so when we come to stuff such as um uh assault of a person's identity um i have huge huge issues with that um and so when it comes to slavers for example if you're a slaver i from a from a personal level and therefore from a game level because i would find it very hard to separate the two of them you are dead to me and if i ever find you i'm coming for you um then to have the banu who have um their their slavery um in part of their culture I think it's worth probably identifying the difference between slavery and indentured servitude, which I think is where the Banu are coming from. And yes, there can be Banu slavers, mm. but I think Banu's are doing indentured servitude. I don't know if that's the case.
0: They talked about selling slaves directly to the Vandal slaves, not indentured servants. They have talked well, about that's well
1: that's, what, well, that's what I'm saying. So they, so slaves can be universal, but I'm thinking that do the Banu have, slaves as a culture or indentured servitude as a culture because i can totally understand indentured servitude which is a judging from the
0: materialistic nature of them it could be either honestly because they could see a person uh, or a sentient form as property possibly Mm. uh as much as they could have indentured servitude is a different level of that. So they might have different stages within their caste where there is slavery, then there's indentured servitude, so, and then you climb out of it. So this is this is interesting. Then there's a question within their caste system, too. What type of slavery do they have? Do they have, like, classic Roman slavery and old Persian era slavery where slaves could actually earn freedom? It, it wasn't... Uh, they had no rights until they earned it, but so, they could earn it, and it gets hairy and weird. But it's it's their it's like how is their culture built, and that's so those are some yeah questions.
1: So um, I want to jump into here, um, <laughs> and I also want to um, call out Starcycle because he just wrote a very excellent post. He's written a couple of posts, but the last one was particular. Um, we, I want to also point out that that conversation we've just had is all around hypothesis because we simply don't know. So uh, I'm always very mindful that uh, if we're uncertain, we've got to make sure that we're not in conversation treating things as fact. But for my hope is that uh, slavery may be a universal constant, but uh, in the same way is piracy. But I'm hoping that the Banu have an indentured servitude um, uh, system where people can benefit through uh, signing up with them for a, a length of time which is kind of uh, what an awful lot of our society is based on, whether we want to admit it or not. Um, If anybody's a cog in the machine, you know. So um, we've got a couple of comments here. Uh, Starsik Hussain loves the topic. Uh, Here's what I think as a writer and DM about these sort of things. You are writing a story and a game, an experience that has messages or goals. When you introduce the unpleasant things of the world, there's one important metric. Does this contribute to something? Uh, Wacker also says comedy should not be censored. Fucking right. Um, Star Circle continues. "Um, If it does to a story, a setting, to realism, it's okay, and you have artistic clearance. But if it's there and serves no purpose, I consider it gratuitous. It's porn. Absolutely, Star Circle. Um yeah uber nerds say slavery has existed from the beginning of human existence and exists today as much as it has throughout time sadly yeah i mean um yeah the slave trade is actually at its highest right now um which is absolutely just horrifying yeah uh but we can in game actually fight slavers and be the good guys if we try um devote thinks they have both slavers and cast um star says uh, oh, sorry, I just read something that somebody else just posted. Star Sickle says uh, there may not be an important distinction between the two types as you're working uh, for little or nothing. And to be honest, you are one way or another coerced into that status. Uh, gently or strongly, you're coerced into that position. That's actually quite interesting because um, if I were to say I signed up to work on a Banu ship for... Uh, two years um so i could gain some skills and see the universe uh i then become an indentured servant which is uh a member of the crew who probably doesn't get paid but gets food and board um i've basically just interned myself um so i don't know i mean yes you could be pressured and that would be quite a horrible thing where you've got no option uh, maybe you're on a backwater planet. Um, you've just walked uh, 12 miles. Uh, so you've just walked for 12 days. And as you come up on the half day to where your ship was, you find it's gone and you, you've got no way off. So maybe you sign up an indentured servitude contract with a traveling by ship who somehow has uh, a ship just like yours for sale. But that's another conversation. <laughs> um, maybe there are those kind of things. Um, uh yeah and city robo says you can't make it like in elite where slaves are just lifeless goods you put in your cargo hold in star citizen you interact with your cargo a lot which actually made me laugh
0: a bit in a very dark perverse way um it's in elite it really is just a box literally it's a, a you have no association to it it is another good it is a box that can be shot into space and says slaves on it but it has no meaning no connection of these are actual living beings there there isn't that association because the menu is so cold and distant from any of the objects you're carrying and if you do release a piece of cargo again there's there there's nothing that makes it feel like that has any meaning to it Yeah. Other than the fact that it says slaves on it, like you don't, you don't get that bit of tug. So in that game, a lot of people are slave traders because it makes them the most money because Mm. it's just another piece of cargo. But if you had to walk to your cargo hold and you had someone walk up to the bars of this cargo and beg you for freedom and helping them because, you know, they were kidnapped and it, it, it would change the equation a little bit for a lot of people. For some, for some reason,
1: I'm imagining going up to one of those cargo things, and they're all just in clown makeup.
0: Why? You've seen the trailer um, for It too many times. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Turn off the gravity. We all float down here.
1: Yeah. Uh, Uber Nerd, um say something that made me go, ooh. Uh, think of this as well. The Banu may have an agreement with a Vandal to keep from being overrun that they will sell them a certain number of slaves per year. So if you commit a crime in Banu's space, you might just get sold into slavery.
0: No, I can see that.
1: The um, starsicle says the Suli can govern any way they wish. Uh, and uh, and th- th- that's quite frankly unbelievable until I see some proof of something that they all share culturally. Um, otherwise, the Suli could easily run all the systems into the star star star, which uh, I don't know what that means. Um,
0: yeah, I'm not because
1: sure. it, it, it's three stars. Um, so into the ass, I don't know. Into um, the shit. You can't spell three stars, man. Um, it's always three stars, no matter how long the story is. There are three stars! Um, so, <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess what I'm saying there is I'm really taken by what we've seen so far in the in the reveal of the Banu, but I, I think there's still um, more to be said and um whether or not they've already mapped this out or how they want to present it because this will be a hot potato Uh, (laughs) um this is going to uh get people riled and it's going to create a lot of reactions so it'll be kind of interesting to see uh how they want to approach it if they want to kind of continue with it and i think they will in some form because um it's yeah so I, i i am curious to see the other shoe dropping
0: But the the most important question of all with the Banu. Yes. Can we have sex with them?
1: Oh my god! No, (laughs) you and I are (laughs) way too much in sync on this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We've been doing podcasts
0: together for far too long.
1: (laughs) I was thinking that we could have a little section of this show, which is once we meet a new race we go, da-da-da-da, can we fuck it? Da-da-da-da. Uh and so and so yeah um Grackis would you fuck a banu? Yes. There we are. We've always known. We've always known.
0: Um so uh you have to do it with every single species out there that it works. Mm, I tell you
1: mass Consenting, effect romance. Op- of course. Yes, mass mass effect romance options have ruined us. Um we're having some uh great conversation um yes exactly uber nerd we're talking about indentured servitude there
0: you're you're absolutely right um i actually did uh, mention roman slavery there uh mm-hmm. uber nerd when we were talking about it earlier versus more modern or what it was with like british or american yeah uh slavery which were horrible. There were other forms of slavery where it was indentured servitude to a degree where it could be freedom could be earned. You didn't earn much, but if you earned enough, you just paid your way out of it. Yeah. And gladiators were a big part of that. Like they could win freedom.
1: And that was actually in uh, Mass Effect 2, I think, as well. Oh, Mass Effect 3, there was a uh, sorry indentured servitude. Um, oh, there might have been. So, uh, City Robo. Uh, before we can move on to the new ship, City Robo. And by the way, Halman, I'm not going to read out what you wrote, but I'm just that is just beautiful. Um, yes, it would have to an awful lot of uh, coitus would involve working out the internal atmospheric pressure of a banu. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Um, we, oh yeah. So maybe when they say they've got atmospheric entry on the roadmap is is that a code for something? Uh,
0: could be. Could be. Um, but um, no, never mind. I'm not gonna say it. Almost uh, did.
1: Moving on. Um but yeah, I mean one of the things that um they were talking about is that the uh um oh good link uh photon. Um the the talking about uh reference so for those interested in the slavery servitude topic i highly recommend the dragon's blood series by jane yolen that's jane y-o-l-e-n um we basically have uh the banu who look like um ants who went to a rave uh and they are looking quite fearful (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, who who are generally quite fearful um, looking and they're actually really nice, likeable, friendly people. Um, And that's kind of what they're trying to overcome. And I hope that's a, a generalization that can be applied across most of them, but that can equally still allow for cultural uh, disagreements and misunderstandings because there is a culture clash as we have culture clashes in our world here um, so I look forward to that I really like how that they wear such uh, colorful clothes because their clothes tell the story and journey of where they've kind of been so I quite like the idea from like a human fashion copying that Um, I wouldn't mind, you know, we've all got our UEE duster coats and various odds and sods because we're all Malcolm Reynolds. Um, (laughs) but I also wouldn't mind a nice bit of flamboyance. So that kind of, uh, makes me happy
0: with a nice pink ascot.
1: With an oh, flame on. Um, so
0: (laughs) I'm going to have to have my different goggles to style off and things like that
1: you're gonna have neon goggles oh for god
0: them. oh god what what is it called what is it called I, I just saw this on a video today there's a specific district in in tokyo right now where it's a type of fashion that it's it's like ridiculously over the top but they can go there and feel safe about it and and it is like it is new heaven This how i I think so yeah yeah so
1: actually i've been there in harajuku um it's really kind of like a friday saturday thing it's just outside uh one of the biggest shrine temples and um everybody just dresses up and hangs out um there's uh interesting uh book uh uh patrick macias wrote uh about harajuku girls um uh, not to reference the song, but that's been going on since I think about the fifties or sixties. And um, he has a book which looks at their um, fashion and their uh, kind of social ideology at, through the through the through the years, and how that actually created a knock-on effect into Japan as a whole. So like when you have your mobile phones, your K ties with things kind of dangling off it. Mm. Uh, and that's like a stereotype of a Japanese phone. It actually came from the Harajuku girls. Um, and how they kind of set uh, a certain level of trend for, for for all of Japan. Sorry, I'm just going off on one. But yeah, I know that place. It's quite fun. And
0: yeah. The, um, the video I saw in some of the, the clothing now that's coming up, I'm like, it just clicked. I'm like, that, that's, that would be that It it's very much that
1: noise um okay so let's talk ships um it's not been released yet although it's about to drop i think any second if anybody in chat could do a quick check um and just let us know if it's come out yet and for the audio um,
0: listeners it's out
1: <laughs> for the audio listeners yes it is definitely out um we got a new ship we got the banu defender um which is uh concept, concept, yes. Um, now people have called it the gorilla, uh, Gorilla Banu. I actually think of it as a space crab, uh, making crabby patties. Um, <laughs> are you gonna <laughs> name your defender Mr. Krabs? <laughs> oh, yes, pretty much. Um, so, and we got a ter- oh, yes, no, we, we got a terrapin update, yes. Terrapin is in gray box, um, yes. So, what I've been talking a lot, take us through the Banu Defender and what you All saw right. of it.
0: So, the Banu Defender is Dublar says crab, but really, it does look sort of gorilla like in its setup. Um, though sleeker, it, it's got a bit of a meanness to it, like you you know, you probably wouldn't want to mess with it, but beautiful in the way the concept is drawn up which is very much the way the the Banu want it. The engines on it are actually Xi'an because they found them to be more effective than the engines that they had, so the design just changed, which is what the Banu do. They don't care that it used to have a different type of engine, and they don't have pride about it. They just found something better, and that that works, so they're using the better thing. Um, The ship is designed... The way the Banu use it, because they are so very specialized, which we talked about before, to be used by two people at the same time, working in perfect tandem. Uh, Honestly, think Drift with a Jaeger from Pacific Rim. I'm not kidding. Like, when they talked about it, I, I seriously thought of, like, two Jaeger pilots syncing up. Because that's the way the pilot and gunner in Banu ships work together in the way they described it while the pilot is working on getting the perfect line on something and paying attention to what's going on around and dodging any shots the gunner can be completely and totally focused on the job of gunnery and doing the engineering support and that is what they specialize in and they do it so well that they they become perfectly <laughs> synchronized in doing that as a two-person job whereas humans with the way we do our ships we've got that you know top gun the attitude you know you might have that guy in the rio seat if the ship supports it but a lot of our stuff is single seater we're doing it all ourselves we're trying to process all of that they split the load so that they can get even better at that specialized position
1: which is kind (laughs) of there's a yeah i see for me i i don't want to take on board too much of my own thinking in this but when i i we've talked briefly about harajuku and so people know i, I used to live in japan and while um the Tavaran are, are are more modeled on the japanese um supposedly um uh, and uh, uh the banu are more uh, Persian, um uh you know kind of bedouin style uh the the thing that I'm kind of looking at is when we look at uh, humanity-designed ships, we look at ships, as you say, which are very much about the individual, or very much about a specific assigned role. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Banu ship, as this uh, showed through the Defender, is very homogeneous. Um, there is more of a fluidity uh, based around the idea that. Uh, you get the same outcome, but not exactly the same delineation of role, um, which is is based upon the culture. And I think that's really fascinating. Um, there's, uh, <laughs> I'm listening. I'm reading some people t- talking about what they're going to melt to get the defender. Um, the 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 biggest. Well, actually, I- he was
0: saying he was going to melt it into a BMM. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, but Photomov says tosses my uh, Buccaneer, Dragonfly, and other things into a melting pot, outflies a Banu Defender.
0: <laughs> um, kind of true.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have some criticisms of the ship, but then again, uh, who wouldn't? Because I think uh, all, all ships come with flaws because you don't want one ship to rule them all. Mm-hmm. Um, but with this one, the highest compliment I can give it is that when I was looking at the interior artwork... I was completely unable to process it. I could find no comfortable reference point to begin translating what I was seeing. So I was looking at something on the interior shot, and I'm going, that's possibly a cockpit, but why does it look like a bed?
0: (laughs) It kind of was a little bit.
1: Yeah, so so as a result, I'm... Cause I think when we look at anything we go for pattern match we do for kind of like a form of of imagery slash language translation um i couldn't actually translate the interior into anything i could uh frame or understand so um that completely fascinates me in terms of uh the design language that they're using and so one of the things i'm really looking forward to when um the sale officially starts, we'll get a little bit more information. Um I'm going to be poring over that and staring at those images to go, wait, what? What? Um and from well, saying, can it be both a cockpit bed? Who knows? This is this is what we're trying to understand when we kind of look at the ship.
0: The one thing with the Banu that I've noticed is that there is a certain thing where with a human we, we we're not and it's a great design to make it feel alien is your eye is drawn to it in a way where it could be one thing or another like the merchant man, you don't know which way is front and back on that thing
1: oh you do know i mean we hold good yeah because of the schematics
0: started. but for so long it's like what's the front what's the back what's the, like it could go either, that's the thing with the interior of these it feels the interior pictures almost felt like um those ridged cave like structures that the resin that was put on the walls Mm. by the aliens and aliens it it feels like that except a brightened up version of that if that aesthetic was made less nightmare and more happy dream like if Mm. you if you took it out of the nightmare realm and instead made it a happy dream so you you flipped it to like you know inverse colors and brightened it up and made it nicer instead of want to murder you yeah. kind of get the Banu thing. So it still feels alien. All those images really feel alien. It's mm. So it does have that little bit of discomfort because yeah, we, we look for patterns in everything and the patterns aren't quite there. I know, and it's fun. I like that.
1: Uh, Sky Captain says, the reference point of the Banu Defender is something out of Lex, if anyone remembers that. I don't know if that's 100%, but I know Lex and I know exactly where you're coming from. Um, Wolf asks the real question about these alien ships though is can you install non-alien weapons on them? I imagine you can on the Banu ships since they're slapped together from uh, different cultures like the Zhan engines on the Defender, but what about the others? Um,
0: well that's, that's Scout that's, you can use different weapons on already
1: Uh, But yeah, but then I'm thinking like for example the Glaive or the Vandal ships, they're pretty much weapons locked Um, so, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see kind of where that happens. And a lot of that, you know, hey, we'll find out. Um, for me, the, 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 the niggly bits would be the view, the potential, the potential view of the pilot co-whatever. Being
0: obstructed by the arm? Uh,
1: by the arms, yeah. So, um, it's kind of like, uh, Superman flying with his arms out. Uh he can look ahead, fine, but side he's got these arms in the way. Um so yeah. yeah but Superman a...
0: has X-ray vision, so he can look through his own arms. You mean we're gonna have radar? Um <laughs> so, <laughs> uh,
1: so um uh devoted to mercury says the gorilla ship was made for humans though so the gorilla ship is the banu defender because it, it it's kind of got the meaty arms which are i think a long range uh sniper weaponry uh the gorilla ship was made for humans though it would be interesting to see if you captured an alien one uh, uh what about the merchantman so that's an interesting thing the gorilla ship per se isn't made for humans it's the version us. that we're getting is a is made for humans so humans can pilot it But it is used by the Banu themselves. Uh, And what about the merchantman? Now that is something to kind of wonder about, given um, the importance of the merchantman ship. Would they? Because when when uh, we purchased the merchantman earlier, uh, it never, for once, said it was you know uh, reproduction. So is that going to be retro done, or are we going to have a proper
0: Banu ship? I hope it's a proper Banu ship because yeah. and you should hopefully then get an automatic reputation increase amongst Bennu because they talked well, about that, their culture that, that was would be nuts. something that I think
1: yeah I think that I mean a long time ago I can't guarantee whether or not they said that there would be a reputation increase although I think they intimated something uh they did talk about um, shop licenses so like when you one of the things that had been mentioned and it's one of those things where if if it can be said but it's not official until it's said official uh one of the ideas was that um you automatically had a, sh- a shop trading license or something so you could buy and sell goods which other people wouldn't have the right to do now that uh becomes a question of like me and gracky's trading stuff we probably could trade stuff, but we would need a broker and there would be a percentage to the government and various kind of other odds and sods. Um, or we could do a gift exchange, in which case, who knows, we may get a, a tax man at our door. Um but uh you know that's a level of mechanic that will be quite that's quite deep. And um, you know, I'm just saying that because uh if the Banu as a Banu merchantman has the ability to uh, generate trade and shop and income you can guarantee they'll probably have to have some kind of back-end connected system anyhow rambling on um, it it does look quite um, sleek and silently aggressive but it is a defender it is an escort ship yep Um, and it is I think rather rather beautiful but in a very plain way the interior is gorgeous as fuck but the exterior is very kind of clean line very kind of o- ovoid um kind of shape there isn't a lot of underlying detail um and i am kind of curious about where that puts the eternal spiky merchant man smooth merchant man debate um, hmm. I don't know if you've followed the never ending forum threads. I mean, we've all moved over the spectrum as of last week, but uh in in um the RSI chat, it was always, well, what end is front? Um a lot I- of fighting over that. Uh and then lots of conversation around uh spiky bits versus non spiky bits. I fell in love with spiky bit um but i also know uh, <laughs> i don't need spiky bit uh and now there was a couple of other kind of banu merchantman smaller images in the defender artwork which it gives the implication that we've gone for um uh smoothly shorn non-spiky bit as non-spiky a designer merchant man. non-spiky beard um so i'm kind of curious as to what this means in terms of overall design um but, yeah, I mean, what's your th- general thoughts?
0: Uh, it has to fit the culture, and that wasn't nailed down. And mm. the the Banu, the the way that their culture came through in their ships wasn't nailed down when the initial concepts came out back then. It wasn't completely nailed down. So they came out with is- something that they thought fit, now they yeah. have something a bit more on point. Now they're getting the design documents ready for any ships that might come out through that. And, and this subject is, to change as always.
1: Yeah, but this is kind of why I'm excited because, um, sure, we've got a new Banner ship. Um, the the work that they've done on the current Merchantman and the work that they've done, it's like a triangulation. You've now got two points. You are effectively in doing this, you're fleshing out um, the entire... Banu aesthetic and understanding more of the cultural implications. Um, And I can totally understand, for example, why the Banu Merchantman is coming out in May 2018. Um, uh, Because it's like the Connie took a year of total rework and planning, but it was also like uh, a, a practice for an entire system and way of looking at a ship that once they've kind of broken this down, they have a much faster iteration time on those ships. Mm-hmm. So we now have the same thing um, for the for the Banu. So I see the development work on the Banu Merchantman as being not only being informed by all the work that's previously gone on across everything else, but they're building their entire um, language through this and through this Banu concept, or maybe potentially other Banu concepts that we'll see. Rar, I'm just excited. But yeah, it's. I have to be patient.
0: It's going to give us more stuff fleshed out. for. So we're, we've got the game coming online soon with 3.0. Mm-hmm. Then it's just going to be expansion of where we can go within the game. Extra mechanics yeah. for us to play with. You get it as 4.0, which is another system to go to. And then it's mostly polish and fluff.
1: Polish and fluff.
0: Polish so, extra fluff. ships, like extra Banu ships, extra Geon ships. Uh, you know the Vanduul. They've got that nailed down at this point because they've, they've had a, a few of the smaller fighters. They've had other stuff that they built up. So, there's... So that's taken care of. They're going through all the human manufacturers, so all of these different pieces are coming online. And mm-hmm. I just I can't wait to do my xenoanthropology stuff and find out about all these cultures and their and what they're about.
1: Is this gonna be in the Mangolator?
0: No, that's that that's not part of that.
1: Oh, so you're not gonna cut them and find out what's inside?
0: No. We already know about that biology. That'd be old science. Why would I do that?
1: What's your new science?
0: My new science? I'm going to cut up anything that I find that we haven't discovered yet to figure out what's inside. Oh, like God. the Krithok. Yes. Or Space um, rats.
1: We're almost there. We're almost at Space Whales because you and I had happy joys. Um, (laughs) But before we talk to Space Whales, let's finish off the last piece of the ATV.
0: Um, uh, Yeah. Go on. Okay, so this is a bit of a contentious topic in the community at this point in time right now. And they just announced the new uh, basically referral contest. Um, Yeah so bringing on board new referrals at this point for one and then 10 can get you a special pink dragonfly and a shirt with basically space. Hello kitty. Uh, (laughs) Trademark
1: accepted.
0: Um, But yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a shirt with the contest logo thing. And then at the very top end of it, um, I think it's if you cross 2942 referrals. I'd have to look at the referral page. It's something ridiculous. You can win trips to Gamescom, I think is what it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then the top person, it's an Idris M. Or I had that reversed in the top person's a Gamescom, and anyone uh, after 2942 top is person, the Idris
1: M. Top person is Gamescom... Uh, The person um, who got below that, uh, but is the highest, gets an address M. In the updated non-competition referral, because you have to sync the two programs together if you want to participate. Uh, Because what they've done is they've re-updated the referral list, the referral program list. And the very last thing you can get, I think, is a javelin uh you can also get access to million the million mile high club and various kind of other odds and sods um you've then got uh the competition where you've got uh, a hello kitty alike uh and the winner of that competition gets access to go to gamescom or paid for um it looks like i think flights included Uh, i'd I'd have to see the page there's a page with the breakdown hold
0: on uh yeah, and, this, this right and the now. person
1: who doesn't get that but gets the highest uh, i think uh, gets an Idris M. um i got it we'll, and, uh, the yeah there's there's a couple of things kind of going on there
0: For a program. um right it is. all right um so
1: while you look that up um the the way i'm looking at this is i think I've never wanted to sit on the fence, so I'll say I think the community have a point and those are that they don't. Um the and when I speak about the community, it's always the the the, the most vociferous people. Well the, the, the loudest people. Um so I'm not saying that they speak for the majority, I'm not even saying they speak for the minority.
0: Okay. Um What it's pretty good. Good stuff sorry um okay so the free trip to gamescom is the first person so whoever does it first that gets to 2942 referral points lifetime total so any points they've earned up to now and then any points earned during the contest and the first one to hit 2942 uh gets a free trip to gamescom they just have to um they have to do it Mm -hmm. before gamescom happens for august 8th 2017 um the top leaderboard spot one which is basically the one who got the most referrals during the time of the contest gets the. but look at the
1: stars because there's with exception it can't be the same person
0: Yes, uh, lifetime. Let's see. To compete on referral points, leaderboard, you need to earn at least one valid referral point within lifetime total. And then. Uh, look,
1: look at it. There's, there's, there's answers. Yeah. The, the, and yeah. who does
0: not receive the Gamescom trip. So, yeah. two different people are so, going to do that.
1: So, there's a couple of things kind of going on there. Uh, in fact, more than a couple of things. Um, so, give, that, allow Getting me just a few minute from
0: to a to, to Sorry, am I buzzing? Yeah, I'm getting a little buzzing from you. I don't know if chat is getting buzzing, though.
1: Am I okay, chat? Am I am I making buzz noises? Am I still buzzing, Grex?
0: Yeah, on my side, you're...
1: Chat, am I buzzing?
0: <sighs> Gotta wait for them to see if this is coming through.
1: Yeah, it's coming through. Um, shall I drop out and come back in?
0: Uh, yeah, you can try that real quick. Okay. I can't tell if it's that or on your equipment, so. How's that? Now there's no
1: buzz, buzz, buzz. Okay, one, two, one, two. Uh, I am now using the microphone from my Brio. Um, and I hopefully, I haven't written over my previous audacity. I may have written over my previous audacity. Well, <laughs> go, f- go, fuck. Uh, harmonize in three, two, one. Uh... <laughs> Technical difficulties, everybody. Such fun. The fun that we have. Um, okay, so where was I? I was going to talk about... Um, problem I had you were with talking the referral. Referral. With referral. Um, um, the the thing I have with it is it's. I I know that you have an issue with the fact that they showed referral
0: um, keys on the. Screen. That is the issue I had with it. Now, yes, they are the top referrers, so I'm I'm pretty sure that the, those are the top. Like the top ones are so the most likely that like the only ones that m- probably have a chance to get it. Mm -hmm. But to openly on the stream show referral codes specific to individuals while running a contest to have people go for top referral codes puts a bent on it to those individuals ahead of time when you say it's a contest.
1: Now that's interesting for me because I can completely understand why people would have that reaction. But I didn't mind it that much. Um, what I found was uh, an issue is that it kind of continues on from uh, what we talked about in a recent episode where we wanted to see more people join, and that's really the fundamental goal. And the question then becomes the referral program, is it the right mechanism for getting people on mass to join? So if you can, yeah.
0: It needs to be combined with something else to do it. It helps to get content creators and even some individuals to some degree to push for others to take a look. So it does give a nudge that direction, but in a very big way, It's probably not going to have as much of an effect um, as as we would really want uh, to be perfectly honest, because most of the people that the content create that are watching these content creators and the content creators are going to have the broadest reach. That's just the way it is. They have an audience. They're going to get out to the most people. However, With Star Citizen at this point in development and most of the big content creators that are going out there and and having to reach out to other people, people are not checking out their content from a fresh perspective most of the time. Most of the time, it's people that are already a part of the community that are watching them. So if you're looking for a really broad reach, it's probably not the absolute best tool. It's a nice little nudge. And it, it's yeah. also, you know, a good way to reward people that have put work into trying to bring more people into the community.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things here. I mean, me, I have a, a, a personal shout out to STL Youngblood uh, and his videos because um, out of anything, he he was, I think, the, the independent voice that got me into Star Citizen. Uh, his videos, um, and whenever he puts anything out, it's always a must-watch for me. Um, The way I kind of view it is that there's a couple of things. There's focus on the high goals, um, which we and and anybody else really don't really stand a chance of getting. Um, And people are raising uh, about why are we been shown these people because it's 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 something we can't attain to get well true but now we can tribalize and we can choose to see you know who who should get who should not get but uh, i think that misses the point that there are plenty of other things we can get that is within our reach uh, let's take the competition away they've increased the referral list um mm-hmm. they've um uh giving us more opportunities, in fact, uh, more opportunities to get things that I desperately want, like a million mile high club, um, a javelin, a javelin. A javelin. Uh, yeah. you've got all these kind of things that are great incentives for you to kind of uh, participate. and I think that's being missed because of focusing on the idea of the end goal in the competition rather than just the fact that this is for participating anyhow. You, yeah. So there's, so I think it's, we've interpreted it wrong, but equally our wrongness has been aided by the presentation.
0: Um, okay. Go on. So, so this is where I have an issue with the codes on screen still. Hmm. There's a limited number of people that are going to be using codes that are coming into the community by cig putting specific codes on the screen they have taken those codes and pushed them towards new individuals to use which still takes away from our overall being able to get some of those new people even for the small goals and still pulled them up towards the top just by the nature of showing them off now if they showed off the content creators without their codes at the bottom and said, yeah. hey, these are our top guys and just mention them, fine. But by putting their code specifically on screen, it's almost like an endorsement of, hey, use these guys' codes.
1: Now that's that's a truth.
0: Inadvertently, they probably but didn't mean to advertise probably, them fully.
1: I would I would imagine they didn't mean it that way. Uh, but yeah. when they showed one, they equalized it by showing all, but they didn't think of the following ramifications but I'm gonna be a counter agent devil here and say, is that a bad thing genuinely? Because if you think about it, um, uh, you and I, we have our referral codes. There's not really much hope in hell that we're going to uh,
0: get a prize to Gamescom. Oh God, uh, I, I would never, I'm not big enough to get Gamescom, no. Yeah. But I would like just the dragonfly
1: yeah, and, and to be honest with you, um, I think that's where it starts to break down for me. Um, not the fact that they put the referral codes up. I'm okay with that because, quite frankly, I know I'm not in that tier. The tier I'm in is where I form um, meaningful relationships with people. And then I tell them about this game, and then I let them get hungry for it, and then I say well here 's a code um, and for me, the referral has always been about people you know and bringing them into the game because I always felt it was a contribution towards the idea of teamwork and playing together and I, I always felt that was part of the underlying system that was then being air quotes gamified slash abused by simply getting as many people to sign up as possible. Um, so that when we look at this, we now have exceptionally high numbers and even more things that people can get, but ultimately, is this a depersonalizing of the onboarding relation, uh, a, a approach that I would have preferred that
0: we would have had? It, it is a little bit, but also the fact is most of the per the personalized situation with this for people to go and bring in new people that they have that one on one with has uh-huh. been done. That's the thing. They're running this contest now. Most of the people have already done that, though. They've already at at this point with this length of time in there, they've already talked to the people that they know face to face. A lot of it is talking to new people that they meet a lot of times through the Internet. And if they say, hey, go check out Star Citizen and, you know, use my referral code and they start looking at some of the videos like ATV and then at the end they see these five codes, they're like. Well, it was this dude on the internet, but this company is like, hey, these are the five codes. Why am I using his when the company said these?
1: Do you know what's actually hilarious? And I mean hilarious in a rather sad, awkward way, is that I was actually having dinner with um, two um, old (coughs) friends from like years and years back um, last night, and and they got very interested in Star Citizen. So I'm actually uh, going to be sending them the star citizen atv video and say from the one just passed and said look this is the level of transparency and openness they have and yes it's a bit cringy at the end when they talk about the referral things bear with it um and by the way here's my referral code and the link if you want to genuinely kind of sign up and get and 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 join and they probably will join and these are two people who have who have never you know i had the unfortunate thing where i gave things away to people so they before the referral program came up so i've missed out um me too yeah um but i'm okay with that These, this shit happens um but i get yeah i can see exactly where you're coming from with the idea is that they've exhausted that um but for me i would personally like to see some kind of group reward mechanic um so that you uh, acquire referral points and other people require referral points, and maybe they randomly group people into groups of 10. And then, once you reach a certain tier, everybody gets that kind of gift or that kind of reward. Because
0: let us use our code for people that never got a chance to put a referral code in and get the extra 5,000 credits and stuff. Because yeah. there are, I mean, there are content creators out there, like other people on our stream team too. Barry, yeah. for example, how many people has he signed up before? Captain Flint, or me, or well, and so on, where we got I'm, people in beforehand. I, to be honest,
1: I've made peace with that. Um, uh, I think uh, it's just there are listen, little
0: holes in the idea.
1: There, no. See, the problem is that once you get into a transactional relationship it's it it's where things can get very risky um and there's an awful lot of statistical analysis on this i, I swim these seas um and so i try to kind of veer away from that and, and more move into genuine altruism so what i would like to have happen is that um uh review uh uh referral points i would love nothing more than you would get extra referral points means you have a giftable starter package and something like that, Um, because um, I consider getting people into Star Citizen uh, uh, not necessarily a benefit for CIG, even though it is. I see it as a benefit for gamers to experience what looks to be a very good game. Um, So I want to reward my friends and people I know um, people who say can't afford a package themselves because they've spent all the money on a graphics card. How do you live? Uh, <laughs> and you know, I want to give back to the community, and I want to do that. And uh, um, yeah, anyhow, it's 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 kind of one of those things. They're going to get stick for it. Um, it will it will kind of blow over. Um, I I do hope that they have some kind of uh, approach other than referral codes to bring people in. Uh, I, I do.
0: That is this, the bigger thing.
1: Yeah, that's a single prong. I mean, um, Sky Captain um, said uh, very up top in chat. The right method is just to put out three point zero actual content. That's what get more people on board very true yep. the, the product sells itself um the 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 underlying thing about that is there are so many people who don't know what star citizen is and we've got a very large uh body of people and the and the question that needs to be asked is how can they mobilize us and should they mobilize us and how much of us can they mobilize uh, to bring more people in, and I think this is where they're coming in with a referral program. It, it's kind of like if 95% of people are very content and don't want to bring other people in because it's just not in their wheelhouse. Fair enough. If if five percent of people do, that's great. And if one percent of that five percent are super people, super users, super referral people, fantastic. But how can how can how can that's 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 the tip of the iceberg? How can that be widened? Uh, what options are in place for that? And, um, what can be done? That is also non-transactional because once you have a transactional element into it, um,
0: it is now that's the thing. Yeah. So it's it's transactional now and now that expectation has been set.
1: Yeah. That's kind of where I'm going. Wouldn't it be nice if as part of the transactional thing you had, you, you, it gave you giftable packages. Uh, Because at that moment in time, it kind of reinforces the altruistic approach, which I think should be at the heart of this.
0: I just want the limited edition pink dragonfly. Because it's pink and I want it. uh,
1: Grakis, do you have a referral code that you want to put into chat right now?
0: It's a command in my chat. (laughs) But everyone here, I think, already has an account. That's the thing.
1: I know, I know, I know. But every little helps. Have you actually synced your referrals? You've entered the competition. You uh, have to click a button. You do? Yeah, you go to the competition page. And uh, and then sync sync the fuck up. You've got to press a button. Because if not, you won't have entered the competition. You'll just be doing straight referrals. But if you enter
0: the competition, mm-hmm. you okay. get into both. Join the contest. Loading agreement. Yeah. Oh, you have to accept an agreement because it's a contest. That's why. Yeah. Um Except so quick quick couple no of things in
1: chat before we move into the next piece. Um Matt has come in and uh says uh uh I've drunk way too much to be mobilized. Um I know you're feeling I'm on the gin. Um Matt also comes in and says and and DT's mic is worse. Yes, we actually we actually fixed the mic um pre-stream. And as we got near the end of this, um, we got electrical buzzing. So I've had to, yeah, just pr- as proof, you heard nothing. Um, and I'm now using my camera mic. So, yay, fuck. So
0: um, he just kind of figures that out now.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, Broken we're still in show. Um, although we, we're coming close to the end uh, the Banu defender is up. It's on the, it's on the, um, on the site. So with that, I'm going to pass you over to Grakis, who is now going to talk for however long he can, um, about space whales and Yay. about, about, uh, time management. Uh, while, schedules. Yay. Yes. Well, I look at the Banu defender. So, uh,
0: Bye, everybody. I've, I'll be. I'm. I'm here, but I'm going to be giggling. He's not going to be paying attention. He. He's in. He's in Banu Happy Land now. We'll let him be. I'm in production Happy Land because, oddly enough, I. I. I enjoy schedules and and spreadsheets and using uh, M- Microsoft Project and yeah. So what they were doing today on uh, Happy Hour, the Star Citizen Happy Hour live on Twitch that they do on Fridays is they did something new. They decided to create a schedule for a idea of an item. Uh, This, of course, doesn't mean there's a promise that they will be creating this thing, but just to show how it's done. And if Chris Roberts happens to be like, yeah, I could see that in the game, and that fits with Star Citizen, let's add it to the schedule, or let's add this schedule to the, the main schedule and put it in, slot it in then what they will be adding oh the the sound effects of that um what they will be adding is space whales so what they did was they came up with a very very high level concept and and then design and broke down a schedule of what it would be to make space whales and they asked us specifically things like do you want just the exterior of a space whale or would this be an exterior and an interior of a space whale? And everyone went, Oh yeah, we need interiors to space whales too. Which then as they showed as they went through the schedule later and bidding how much that extends time. Well, if it's just an exterior, it's going to be like 10 days to to concept this stuff out and to start doing something or a little beyond concept, but to start the initial, essentially modeling of this thing out but if you have to do the whole interior well if we're going to do an interior we got to do it right and people might want to have say fps battles inside a space whale so you got to have it be somewhat fun to be in there and questions continue to be asked like would a space whale have gravity inside it and the implications behind that being things like they've never done essentially gravity on what would be a character model because Within the game engine, a space whale is a character model just like a human is. However, there's been no need to have a character model have gravity because the Vanduul are like nine feet. They're not going to have their own internal. You can't shrink down and then climb inside a Vanduul and experience the gravity inside it. Besides that, they're either in gravity or not. So if you were inside a Vanduul, you would experience not its own different inside. they wouldn't have a different gravity to them so that question came up and you could actually see chat start to think about okay this would really like we want space whales so in in the fact of them wanting space whales they realize the implication of, okay, this is tech that isn't even R&D and they're kind of in space. So we could get away with just zero G on the inside of a space whale. So let's just not have gravity inside the space whale. And do we want variants of space whales? Yes or no? Well, if we have variants of space whales, which you don't want them all to look exactly the same, do you want the variants to just be color and texturing externally? Or do you want them to be variants modeled out as variants? Like, do you want their modeling to be, do you want a ton of different types of space whales and how they're modeled to be different, which would extend the time. And you could, you could there were still some outliers, but you could actually see chat become reasonable at points, realizing, seeing the numbers going in, seeing the list be built out, seeing all of the different things that are involved, how it's, you know, you have to have the skeleton and the and the skinning for the skeleton and you need to have texturing and you need and then you need to assign someone to this. And there's a limited number of artists. So maybe you only have one artist or at best two. And then those people have things on that list that are dependencies. So until you complete task number four, number six can't start. And until you complete number six, seven can't start. And until you complete number seven, 23 down here, an engineering thing that you wouldn't think, but it actually needs this stuff up here in R and D to be done first. So these can't start. So how that all breaks down, how that schedule gets extended, how, how things get pushed. So chat, during its voting became reasonable just just seeing the start of how that broke down and in the end they actually went through and assigned what they said was like tech artist one or modeler one or you know engineer two like they they assigned not actual names to it because they weren't with the leads they didn't they weren't going to drag them in this wasn't a actual full-on schedule but it could be used as one However, when, when the end was reached, what, what chat came up with as essentially what they were asking for as, as sort of a game director on this was space whales with different texture and color, but not different modeling, interior and exterior to the space whale, damage sp- states on the space whale so that you will be able to damage the space whales, uh, which comes with audio. The space whales are aggressive if attacked, but otherwise are friendly. So that's AI programming behind it. And these space whales are also 100 meters in size. So they are about, lengthwise, are pretty much like the size of a caterpillar. Plus, they're going to be big enough. You could probably fit a ship or two inside these things. You could go Pinocchio with this. So they're going to have an interior. And what it came down to was about 110 days of work.
1: Pretty and impressive. And one of the
0: questions posed at the start of this, at the very start, and that's 110 initially. This is before they actually did a full schedule working with the leads, talking it through, breaking it down to individual tasks, realizing how much R&D might take because there are, are things that they haven't even tackled with a uh, with an animal of that size building an interior and exterior and putting in space, how does it work? How does it move? Um, There was one question that was asked at the very beginning by, uh, it was uh, Sean Tracy and um, what's his name? Eric.
1: Yeah. Conan Davies.
0: Yes. Thank you. Um, One question that was asked at the beginning was when would you want this? Would you want it by 3.0? And one of the things that they were asking chat was, Hey, when would you want this? And there were a bunch of people in chat that said, yeah, 3-0,
1: 3-0, 3-0, 3-0.
0: <laughs> a bunch of people in chat said that. However, you could see chat, some of them already seeing it ahead of time, some being semi-reasonable, 3-2. Eh. If that. Uh, Se- it's 2018, yeah, practically. Semi-reasonable, 3-2. I said 4-0, personally. That's when I would want to have space whales. Four, I, I saw 4.0 O's. reasonable. Oh. So it, it, when they came out with it, if they started today, it wouldn't be done until August. So if you wanted it in 3.0, what would you cut from your space whales in order to make it in, into the schedule in time? Or would space whales be something so critical that 3.0 absolutely needed space whales making it so 3.0 was released later. And that exercise was in the whole idea of this is what it really takes to make a game. These are the, the things that happen daily. These are the questions that come up. There's the, oh, this thing is super awesome. Okay. What do you want to cut for it? Because at, there are a finite number of resources and that's sort of what this was showing is that you can get something super super cool but there's finite resources so something else has got to be given up to get that super cool thing or that super cool oh. thing has to come in way down the line after all these other super cool things because there's <laughs> only so many people to work on it
1: um so yeah uh devote to mercury actually says actually i would like it at release and not announced so I randomly find one and lose my shit. Um, yeah, this is kind of the uh, how much can they keep on the download? Um, oh yes, but, uh, and how much can they? Uh, you know, do they want? It's, it's just between do, what do they tell us and what do we get as a as a as a reward? If we learn about this now. We become comfortable and talkative, and we can talk about these things. We know what's going to happen versus. Ah, the jaw dropping surprise of when it actually appears. Um, Sandworms confirmed. Parzanez uh, Dubla has just discovered something. I think. Um, do you have more to talk about the whale? Because personally, was,
0: I mean that, that that was the breakdown of the whale today. And uh, I, I actually agree with that statement. I would like to have had us go through this exercise them not say any more about the whale, and then all of a sudden we find the whale in-game, the whale that we talked about. So it is a pod of whales, they have different colors to them, they have interiors, they are aggressive if we attack them, they have damage states, but they don't tell us anything more until someone's like, oh my god, the whales that we talked about in that, in that happy hour, they actually did that. Or what about whales that
1: uh, uh, migrate and move from one place to another regularly? And so people can friendly get on board them and get free travel.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. That would be super cool. So you get in there and all of a sudden the whales are just... They they could go through jump points.
1: Yeah. And it's... Yeah, all that kind of stuff.
0: Um, so they'd be like the ones from, from Rebels.
1: <laughs> just, I still haven't watched Rebels. I'm so behind... Oh hey guys! I've just been watching this show. I don't know if you've heard about it, right? It's called The Expanse. I'm up to episode. <laughs> I'm up to episode two, and so far, I thoroughly recommend it.
0: <laughs> oh, bravo, bravo!
1: That is, but that is so fucking true. Um, so, um, uh, couple of things. I uh, just want to dive in on the Banu Defender. Um. It's it, it remember it's not all about the hard points, it's about what you do with them. Um, the shield is still TBD, um, but it has two fixed mounts, four gimbal mounts. Damn, all, all are size three. Hmm, uh, um, I
0: would have thought that that sniper cannon thing that they showed off would have been size four,
1: yeah, but. Let's put it this way. It has six size 3 weapons.
0: That's a lot of
1: gun. Um, Wait,
0: wait, wait. Are are the the gimbal slots size 3? Yes. Are they size 3 gimbals?
1: The gimbal mounts all the S3s.
0: Okay, so they're size 2 weapons on the gimbals then.
1: Potentially, but still. Uh, Maneuvering thrusters, it's got 14... Hang on, let me finish. It's got 14 um, TR1s and 2 TR2s in maneuvering. Holy shit. Um, that's going to be something else. I'm going to have fun with that. New um, Lexicon is talking about the hard points, about bringing them more money. I would so vehemently disagree with that. Uh, because uh, the they ship could have has just made more... them
0: like size four or size five hard points if they just wanted more. Yeah, heavy.
1: yeah, and also there's more hard points than what was shown uh, uh, in the stack in these spec things. This is just for weaponry. There's a ton of other stuff. Um, uh, so we actually have a document about the Bernou. Um, mm. uh, is it? Would people want me to? Uh, uh do a a read of this so it just came
0: out
1: yeah okay so this is the UEE diplomatic corps presents a guide to visiting the banu protectorate um why visit the banu the banu are not only the first alien species that humanity had contact with but they have been a consistently peaceful and respectful neighbour who have fostered a close relationship with the UEE and her citizens through economic trade and cultural exchange. On top of all of that, they are a rich and vibrant people well worth a closer look. Known best for their industrious nature, Banu pride themselves on their artisanal craftsmanship and astute business acumen. (laughs) They're hipsters. (laughs) Oh yeah, they are fucking hipsters. They were... Given how long they hold their races, they were probably hipsters before it was cool. (laughs) Uh, Rather than the traditional family units or corporations typically found... uh, Sorry, I'm I'm reading chat the same time as I'm reading. uh, Typically found among humans, the Banu instead have a societal structure that combines both into one single unit, the Sori. Often translated as guild, The Soli is the foundation for life in the protectorate, where Banu work and live together. Each Soli specializes in a specific industry and can vary widely, from a ship manufacturing Soli to a trade Soli, even a Soli that raises Banu young. There is a Soli for everything. This regimented division of labor translates directly into into the skilled expertise present on Banu worlds, markets and trade vessels, making for a memorable visit. Where to go? Travelling throughout the Banu Protectorate offers a variety of exotic sights and sounds, from the flotillas of Yulin to the howled holes of Trees. You can find adventure and mystery around every corner. So where do you even start? We've assembled a handy guide of some of the systems to make planning your journey even easier. Bacchus Two. Skip between the thousands of archipelagos, you fuck that word, and islands across the vast ocean world to experience what many consider the quintessential Banu world.
0: They like Gedon. ocean
1: worlds. They do. Oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense now. Uh, Geddon 1. Fancy a little danger. Visit the archaeologies among the beautiful desolation of this, beautiful desolation of smog, of this geologically active volcanic world to see how mining souls are harvesting planetary resources for trade goods. Glees it's four. Mustafar. Mustafar, yes. Gliese 4. Ever wonder what an uninhabited planet looks like? No. Uh, traverse the unkempt <laughs> <laughs> Traverse the unkempt wilds of Gilles 4. Uh, perfectly habitable to humans and Banu, but completely unoccupied. Or is it? Yeah. Uh, Kins 2. For your history buffs, no trip to the Banu Protectorate would be complete without seeing the ancient structure on Kins too. Completely define any existing Banu engineering styles. These sites have long baffled Zeno archaeologists about who or what built them.
0: <laughs> you see the phrase, the term that they just used there, Zeno archeology uh, Yeah, yeah, I know.
1: Oh my God, squee. Um. What to do when I get there? Of course, the Banu don't spend all their time working and trading. With a strong belief that you should always live in the moment and focus on the present, they take their relaxation almost as seriously as they take their work. There are plenty of options to choose from when it comes to diversions, and there is sure to be something to match almost any taste. Maybe you would like to try your hand at one of the bustling gambling halls where goods are exuberantly exchanged in games of chance. If you're passionate about sports, the Banu have taken a strong liking to the human game of Satabor, with many arenas to be found throughout the protectorate. Just be warned that it's common for Banu to cheer for both sides in a match. For many who visit uh, the Banu, the biggest draw will be the markets, which many consider to offer some of the best shopping anywhere in the universe. Not only can you peruse the elite craftsmanship of the various soli, But because the Banu trade with many other species, you can often find exotic goods from almost every corner of known space and some items from even farther than that. Wandering down the... Yeah. Krathach. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Uh, Wandering down the crowded stalls of Banu flotilla can be a treat for the senses. But to get the full experience, you will definitely want to have the fun of purchasing an item of your very own. For those looking for just a small keepsake of their travels, a popular item to purchase is a Tholo. Uh, I think that's a Tholo. There's a very bad font. Uh, a a, a yes, small so, three-sided yeah. token representative of Kasa, the Banu patron of luck. These trinkets are oh, sold, sold as ladies. decision Yeah. Um These trinkets are sold as decision-making devices. So ask a question, then roll the Tholo to get a yes, no, or what roughly translates to run as an answer. Yes. It's an eight ball. so good. I love it. I love I love the image they have of Otholo. Um,
0: I, 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 I want it
1: so bad.
0: I want to pick up a human magic eight ball and go trade it for Otholo.
1: Yeah. Um, <coughs> uh, trade vessels uh, is an answer. Trade vessels making for a memorable visit. I don't know where that kind of went. And after all that exploring and shopping, make sure to stop by one of the dining solely to experience some of the Banu's hospitality firsthand and partake in one of their large communal meals where they eat human flesh. No, I misread that. (laughs) Uh, Stop by one of the dining solely to experience some of the Banu's hospitality firsthand and partake in one of their large communal meals. While Banu typically eat with their hands, some places that cater to humans will have silverware available but well, they've obviously not seen how are you
0: oh um that kind of reminds me actually of an ethiopian restaurant i ate at in that yeah. style yeah because we've had a few of those pop up here and there and uh a moroccan restaurant was very much the same as oh me.
1: yeah no it's your hand yeah which is always
0: a little bit difficult
1: for me since mm-hmm. i'm a lefty
0: yeah communal and yeah it's it was a well, it's, atmosphere atmospheric experience.
1: It's traditional, eat with right, wipe with left. And so being a lefty, I I basically um new oh, no pleasures. Questions.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> in the Marketplace. Now, this is, this, this, this is starting to come to start to why I wanted to read this. We're, we're also near the end as well. In the Marketplace. When visiting any Banu population center, from the smallest enclaves to the thriving cities, you will notice one thing. They are always built around a central marketplace. Human anthropologists theorise that early Banu societies must have grown around crossroads, placing themselves along the confluences of travellers allowed. Them, confluences of, God, they seriously they could have done a little bit of formatting on this PDF. Uh, confluences of travellers allowed them to maximise their exposure to goods moving around their planet. The more popular crossroads attracted more and more Banu until permanent settlements began to take shape around them. Interestingly enough, these are just theories and not even Banu ones. The most comprehensive historians of the Banu culture are actually humans, and that only goes back as far as our first interactions with them. The Banu belief that one should always live in the present has created a cultural mentality that disregards facts of the past. To that end, while technical knowledge will be preserved, until they come across a better design, or other facts, uh, historical figures, key events, even their own homeworld, have been lost to the ages. They don't even know their own homeworld. So while humans place great value on deeds and noteworthy actions, to the Banu, it is the accumulation of material goods that truly represents a life well spent. Are they Americans?
0: Oh, damn you. It's true. Nowhere
1: is this clearer than in their markets. From stalls packed to the brim with odds and ends, to the immaculate showrooms aboard a merchantman, there are a few things to keep in mind when trading with the Banu. Negotiating is a must. It is
0: considered very strange to accept an initial offer. Oh, that is very much like a, a Middle Eastern market style. Yeah. Even though an item or a ship
1: can look the same on the outside, it's worth taking a closer look as Bennu manufacturing can vary wildly from solely to solely. It may be worth shopping around till you find the one that matches your price and quality standards. Mm. That's interesting. As trade between our two species grows, many Banu are making products specifically to cater to human tastes. For example, there are now numerous ships solely who are constructing human flight-ready versions of ships like the Merchantman and Defender. Oh. So that starts to tie into what we were talking about in regards...
0: Do you get a human Merchantman or a classic Banu Merchantman? Mm -hmm. I think that answers it. Um...
1: And it also explains why there are so many because it, because of the generational aspect it wouldn't be a ship they would typically give up. It is traditional for Banu to offer hospitality while negotiating, and you will often see traders gathered around a slow... Slomadon. Uh, yeah. Um, it is traditional for Banu to offer hospitality while negotiating, and you will often see traders gathered around a slomadon, a large, ornate brewing vessel. Yes! I can see one org being very happy. <laughs> uh, each of them having contributed an ingredient to the drink. Sloma, fuck yes, fuck yes, fuck yes. Um, if you are offered, yeah, if you are offered a cup, be polite and take a sip, but make sure to drink responsibility. To drink responsibility, fuck's sake, to drink responsibly. Um, Seriously, there are so many spelling mistakes and so many grammar things. Uh, sloma can sometimes be quite potent. Most banu will consider a deal final once the transaction is complete. See, this is... uh, Most banu will consider a deal final once the transaction is complete. Make sure you inspect everything closely and double-check the terms of your agreement before leaving. This sounds very much like when you play Risk and you make side deals with people. You've got to be very careful with the wording.
0: I I was thinking more of uh, Devil Contracts, but yeah. Yeah. Mm.
1: Uh, A good tip for finding a repeatable dealer is watching where other Banu shop. If a Soli doesn't have very many customers, there might be a reason for it. If you see something you like, go ahead and buy it. Banu traders are often transient and may not be there next time you return.
0: Ooh, that could be interesting with uh, Subsumption where uh, being as wandery as they are you might find a shop you really like not have the funds go off do something to get the funds come back and where the hell they go so where humans will have an established location they might just hop and you'd have to go find them again well
1: well that's to be honest that's um, kind of how I perceive the merchantman culture because it constantly is on the move, doing its circuits and doing its fly arounds. So yeah, every every day it's like the littlest hobo of ships. Um, now here we go: safety and security. Here are a few tips and pointers to keep in mind during your visit. Many humans find that bringing earplugs or other hearing protection can be helpful, since the Banu's hearing isn't as sensitive and noise levels can get quite high. Mm. Mm. Well, While many Banu mean. will Yeah, indeed. Well, many Banu will deal with you honestly, they have what can be described as a lax view of crime, and expect visitors to look after themselves. <laughs> so keep your wits about you at all times, keep your towel handy. Uh, some travelers find hiring local Banu mercenaries or defender escorts to be a sound investment. If you are the victim of a crime, you will be expected to hire a security solely to investigate the matter for you. In cases of theft, many are willing to take a percentage of the recovered goods as the fee. fee.
0: Oh, I fucking love that. I I wonder if humans can set up a solely. Um, possibly. I don't know. We'll find out. We should ask. I would love to set up a recovery solely.
1: That would be. Beezer. Um, w- one of the biggest dangers that humans can encounter in the Banu Protectorate is slavery. Oh boy. We strongly advise people avoid the servant markets of Kins too for this reason. However, please note that if you are captured by Banu slavers, you will most likely be offered the opportunity to purchase your own freedom there are few companies that offered travelers slavery insurance in case of emergency. Hey, oh, uh,
0: there it's we a go. new form of insurance. It's
1: a new form of insurance and the Banu are slavers and they have a market for it.
0: Yep, They have an open market for it and people could just be taken and offered to purchase their own freedom. So, they could just nab you and say, hey, you want to pay to go free? Oh, so, you got to hire a security solely to make sure that the slavers don't nab you.
1: I have to think long and hard, not too hard, but about my Banu um, fanboyism.
0: Universe isn't always a nice place. Good to know, but...
1: Ah, fuck. Um, uh, Please note that while many visitors have read the popular book, A Human Perspective, we would like to remind people that this is a work of fiction and should not be counted on as an accurate source of information on the Banu. I think that book was talking about can you fuck them? And the answer was yes. Uh, And uh, the book ends with a very nice... uh, uh, image of uh, Banu in in uh, combat gear or medic gear, which looks absolutely baller, holding a gun. Um, that so I hope people don't mind doing that as a read, but I thought it was worth reading. Uh, it does answer a few things. Um, hmm, I'm really not happy with the slavery aspect. I know it's just a game, but. Uh, it's stuff like this that would make the... I mean, seriously, I would look at terrorist bombing runs of slavery markets as an option. I mean, obviously, collateral damage, but I believe in the cause, not the people I'm dead inside, remember? Um, so... It also
0: doesn't mean that all Banu necessarily agree with that policy.
1: Hi, City Robo. Um, he says, what was that slavery plant again? I might have to buy some planet-busting torpedoes. Uh it was Kins 2 um, Kins 2
0: and uh, j- just just hire me because I, I figured out the Quantum Benny Cannon so we're gonna just you know I'm just gonna give delivery of uh, some delicious food to that region I, it, it's not my fault that it got there too fast they ordered express shipping it was just very express but uh, so
1: Grakis, where can we find you
0: You can find me as always at twitch.tv slash G-R-A-K-E-E-S, as well as Twitter, YouTube, and anywhere on the internet. So look for that name, you'll find me. And you can find me at twitch.tv
1: slash that's the O U-B-L-A-R-T-H-A-C-K-E-R-Y. Yeah, so that should be very easy for everyone to find. So, with that, we love you lots, and we'll see you next time. Take care, everyone.
0: Bye, audio. If you like what you heard, please do feel free to follow us. We also do video stuff as well. And give us a review on iTunes. It doesn't matter if it's good, bad, or just indifferent. We want to hear what you have to think. Well, not everything you have to think. I mean, that that could be a lot.